0: tuning in again this is Andy and this is the Poor Prol's Almanac this week we have an interview follow up from last week we had spoken with Vijay Thalm who has overseen the development of a massive natural farming project unlike anything else on earth and we had discussed the crucial role women-led cooperatives played in that process the society for the elimination of rural poverty an autonomous organization promoted by the government of Andhra Pradesh in 2000 has led this agenda specifically Ritu Sarikara Samtsa, or RYSS, which Vijay had overseen. Today, we're joined by two of the women from these cooperatives. And that's not all that makes this episode special. For this episode, we had a good friend of ours, Dr. Aisha Khan, join us to lead the conversation. Her extensive knowledge of a number of native languages and our work together on the Gastropocene podcast made this a natural place for us to collaborate. If you're not familiar with the Gastropocene, go listen to us discuss the concept of food and food sovereignty wherever you're listening to this. You can also find her on Instagram at Woke Scientist, and her long-form pieces can be found at WokeScientist.Substack.com, and her podcast, Disorderland, should also be on rotation alongside us. There are a few notes I want to make before you tune in here. While we've discussed Vrikshire Veda and to an extent zero-budget natural farming, A few acronyms are tossed around in this discussion. Ushan Vanu refer to zero-budget natural farming, which is the framework for the natural farming program that is common in India. While ZBNF, as it's called, refers to the farming concept, the abbreviation also refers to a concept of polycropping using short-term crops around long-term crops in the same space. Further, this natural farming is often called APZ or APC, meaning Andhra Pradesh Zero, or its newer iteration, Andhra Pradesh Community Natural Farming. We also hear the acronym CRP, meaning Community Resource Person, which is basically the local expert farmer for this natural process who helps farmers get off the ground and answer any questions about transitioning to natural farming. Lastly, given that this conversation took place across the globe in a rural village in India, we do have moments of poor audio quality. There's only a few spots where the dialogue is completely inaudible, and we've been joined by Nash Flynn to provide a translation over this for ease for our audience. Please, this conversation speaks to a core part of learning to build community again. Listen, listen slowly, listen again if you must. The process of learning and being in community is slow. Take in the wonderful work these women are doing, and of course, please let us know if you enjoy the conversation. I also want to give one final thanks to Vishy Teki. For helping orchestrate all of this, it truly takes a community to make extraordinary things happen.
1: Namaste.
2: Good morning. <laughs> namaste. Namaste. DK, we can start maybe with you just asking them to describe like their experiences with the collective. Yeah, yeah, and their pers- yeah, their personal experiences, kind of from the start with how they got involved and how uh, the impact it's had on their lives personally and and yeah and then we can kind of go from there
1: hello madam good morning uh, okay my mm. name is ushara mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> madam starting with uh, this single, single uh, uh, women farmers. One mm-hmm. uh, woman is from Anantapur, which is a semi-arid uh, area, mm-hmm. and uh, they first started with uh, you know uh, tried to do conventional agricultural practices, but which didn't work out. So the family had to undergo losses. Mm-hmm. So for about ten years, the land was uh, barren, and after that, uh, you know, APCNs uh, came into the picture. And encouraged her to, uh, you know, start with natural farming. And she could see a lot of uh, differences. She started with uh, PMDs, which is uh, a very important, like a big breakthrough in uh, AP, I mean, natural farming. Yeah. Uh, Pre-molson dry sowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, covering the crops for 365 days, you know, uh, helped retain moisture always. Uh, that's what she said, and she also interacted with the with PM Narendra Modi, you know, uh, a year back. And after that, she was continuously getting calls for about a month because she was like a single woman doing farming. Uh, and that who gone, you know, ventured into natural farming in two thousand eighteen so that is her story Uh and Usha uh, Usha also a single woman she is from Guntur area Uh Where the office is located earlier she used to work in a biotech uh, company Uh but uh, she realized that she had uh, health issues you know thyroid or uh, she had some hormonal issues Uh and that's when you know she decided to move towards natural farming and she had also heard about you know by the of, you know,
3: she started with ZBNF and 365 days green cover, but she continued to expand natural farming practices, and she became an advocate too. She started her own talk, a non-pesticide management talk, and she started with inputs for other farmers, because cow dung and urine may not be available for every farmer, and every farmer might not have enough livestock to make all these biostimulants. She would make all these biostimulants and sell it to the farmers. And she would not only sell it, but she would help guide the farmers and train other people in making the stimulants as well. She started natural farming in 2016, and she started a school as well on natural input making, which she sells as well. She buys back from the farmer she sells to as well. She buys back the ghee, you know? So that's how it works for her.
2: I guess in terms of thinking about you know a lot of times our connection with the land itself has been broken right as a result of colonialism and capitalism so essentially we've been turning everything into like a product right and that and and that has made it very difficult for people to like reconnect with their own land um i guess like uh, a question would be do you for the uh, for them would be has this process of returning I guess just thinking about um, the personal impact that this is having, you know, on their communities in the even in the long term in terms of like why we're in the situation in the first place, right? Like colonial like the colonialism and capitalism have just separated people from their land, right? And uh, commodified, just turned everything into a product. And part of the reason that the land is barren is is that constant depletion and and uh, impact of like industrial agriculture. So Has this process of natural farming actually helped them personally like build a connection again to their own land? And has it helped their communities do the same, like become a little bit more self-sustainable rather than depending on, you know, other corporations or just being able to take care of each other and feed each other and actually uh, like reconnect with the land that they're living on?
1: There is a one of us says, you know, uh, my land was barren, Mm -hmm. but now I, uh, after uh, doing these practices, you know, I can say it's become gold. Okay. That's what she says okay. after doing mulching and three sixty five DGC. So she has also shown a way to her neighbors. She brings her those other community members or other uh, neighboring farmers uh-huh. to show her uh, land. And now okay. she gets a she gets a profitable
2: of about two lakhs. So that's the thing. And has that has that helped? You know, did she uh, mention that yeah. it like helped her build those relationships with those? People next door, the neighbors and the farmers next door.
1: Yes, yes she al- uh, she has been she has also trained other women to do okay. uh, on the benefits of natural farming
2: okay.
1: and uh, brings them and they together make the biostimulants also in a way so that the other women uh, learn the process of making biostimulants and eventually you know they can move towards uh, natural farming okay. uh, and uh, she also says uh, the use of biostimulants has uh helped helped, uh, you know, build humus in her in her land and due to which, you know, more earthworms are uh, thriving. Yeah. So this has helped a green deal for her to uh, turn her barren land into gold and also, you know, bringing the other neighbors to show that yeah. what changes have happened yeah. over yeah. the years. Meanwhile, Usha also when she started uh, doing natural farming, there were many questions. Uh, it was challenging for her because uh, the other people would ask the other co-
2: community members or her neighbors, you know, will you be able to take it forward? You know, how will you grow the crop? Nat- yeah, through natural farming. So many a time she felt that you know that she should always take a step back. Yeah.
1: Whether I would, and it always made her think, will I able to make it, or is there something going wrong within me? Because initially there were rains the didn't yeah. come. She started growing with, uh, she started with black ram. Yeah. Initially the age was, age was lesser. Once there was no rainfall, and she could not see that difference. But eventually when things happened, right mm-hmm. when she put, when she grew. Black ram and you know she started uh, doing PMDs and you know doing
2: all the use all the bio She could see the results. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I, and
1: she says now there are uh, 500 seed-to-seed farmers who do from the beginning to end uh, all the practices, who practice all the nat- who do natural farming practices, whatever uh, like you know use of biostimulants, mulching, and all of that. So she can, so that has motivated others as well. So she says you know because of me starting, one person starting, it has motivated the community as well.
2: I guess two, two questions that can be asked together. Um, for them right now, it seems like they're carrying a lot of the, a lot of the, just because of the design of how they've tried to do this and they're trying to break out of the mold of, of how it's always been done. And do they feel like if they had more of a communal foundation such that the responsibilities of the day to day would be split up more evenly, would that make them feel more supported and and more just generally have community infrastructure that they can rely on so they don't have to feel like they have to carry this burden on their back and like and with that question just maybe give an overview of like in a week what does their day-to-day look like in terms of how they, once they wake up, what their priorities are in terms of doing what they have to do and uh, to attend for the land and then
3: how, how their day, week proceeds, essentially. Okay, Vanu says there has been that kind of community support. There has been an understanding between community members in a way that today, if I need them, 10 to 15 will come and work on my farm, and tomorrow, if they need me, I will be there along with other people to their farm. There is an understanding. There is one part of the system. That is one part of the system. So in that way, what I do is I plan the day before, if I have to go to XYZ village, I go to that village and see what's happening. I go to meet the farmers. I go to meet the women whom she has contact with. That's the way they plan. So according to the needs, you know, there's always an exchange of labor, of information, you know. More people are always needed to make those biostimulants.
2: Yeah, so they're they're always just like connected and exchanging information.
1: Yes, yes, exchanging information. So that's how her uh, day starts. She gets up at five o'clock and then she goes to the village. And next day, she next day she tries to do her work. Okay. And if some other day, you know, another day, somebody else needs her, then she would maybe go go there and work.
2: So she responds so to community to needs away. as they come up. So she basically assesses what what the needs are and then adapts accordingly. <laughs>
1: yes. She has, she assesses their needs and she knows the next. And one day she'll just see her. You know, I can do my own work. Okay, this is it. And depending on it, there's always exchange of information, and then you know it goes goes forward. Okay. Uh, that is one. And uh, Usha Usha says that uh uh, uh, sh- uh she always Usha thinks that you know if we can form like an SPO of SPO sort of a thing for all natural farming uh natural farmers. Mhm. Uh-huh. Uh, with the concept farm to organization that's how she has started her uh, that's how she has started her uh, NTM shop on this uh this concept farm to consumer you know it should go from the farm and to directly to the consumer so uh
2: if well basically the feed the food that's been grown on the farm should go directly to feeding the people right like instead of there being any intermediary
1: yes that's what she believes in and that's how she started both her ventures uh and she she wants if there's, there's some kind of investments uh or you know through, from the bank or the SAG where you know uh, there's a foundation kind of a thing started it is even better mm-hmm. everything everybody all natural farmers or the whole community will be on the same platform will come on the same platform mm-hmm. uh, yeah she says it's, it's like that uh, you know if we can start the foundation where all members come and so there is, again, there's an exchange of information. Everybody is on the same pla- platform of natural farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one. And secondly, she, she says, you know, um, my time goes, you know, my week is like, or uh, my day my day is like, you know, I have cattle. I have to take care of my cattle. Uh-huh. And then maybe I go to the, the NPM shop. There's her NPM shop is there where she supplies inputs then she goes to her field. She has her field as well. And there are times uh, and at times the farmers call them, like the natural farmers call them asking her for some kind of solution. Like like they call her, see, look, you know, we have this kind of peasant pest, we have uh, this issue, we have this problem. Uh-huh, so what uh-huh. do you think we should apply? What kind of biosemblance?
2: Okay. And
1: uh, you know, she they, they kind of take her advice on, on those as well. And she has her parents to take care and then again she goes to the uh, uh, natural farming output shop, like the, the organic store what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she supplies uh, pulses, millets, cold-pressed oils uh, all of that different, different products she has. It's, a very, it's a, in the same town. So she has to go there as well and manage uh, things and, and still, her, since, since her customer base is not just the uh, uh, AP, uh, Telangana, and other places as well, many more places.
2: So she has a large customer base. Okay. In response to that, one uh, technical question and then one personal question. The personal question is Do they feel, do they have time, like this transition from to natural farming, has it, and I know Osha spoke a little bit about improvements in health, has it given how busy they are? Still, has it allowed them to rest a little bit more? Has it improved their overall well-being and happiness and like emotional health? And uh, the technical question, in terms of returning health to the soil and returning the integrity of the soil long term, And not just the short-term fertility, but long-term fertility. What have been the most, uh, based on their uh, experience, the most effective natural techniques or biostimulants that have helped
3: return the integrity of the soil? She feels like helping farmers is always a good thing. She's happy to do this. She also spoke about supplying Bengal Gram Dal to the largest temples, Tirumala, Tirupati, Defastanam, where we have started marketing to. She is supplying these temples as well. The women farmers feel good knowing that whatever they are making is going to their people and the house of God as a form of Pradasam. Side note, Pradasam or Prasad is an offering or gift made in honor of a Hindu god at their respective devoted temple, and it is also seen as a blessing from that god which is then distributed among temple-goers evenly regardless of their specific sect or religious orientation, as in it's not just for people who pray to said god. Normally, food, sweets, fruits, etc. are offered as Pradasam, and in this case, it would be her offering the biostimulants she made that will make someone else's field fertile.
2: Yeah. So and I mean, is. they know directly where uh, no. it's going and they see the benefits of where it's going to. They're not separated from, yes, from, from the people.
3: Yes, exactly. The women farmers also feel like bringing their offerings to the temple draws community temple goers to natural farming practices. You never know. One day they might get a chance to supply new farmers with their homemade biofertilizers. In terms of the best practices that have improved the long term fertility of their land, the women farmers think that Gana and Bijarutham have helped quite a bit. And since the place she comes from, Anatha Puram, is a semi arid area with downpour rains, she says that when we do mulching, the soil is covered, and this allows every drop of rain from the atmosphere to be harvested. And due to this, she feels like her land and soil's fertility have improved. Nothing is getting wasted. Even if there's no rain, as long as she sticks to these simple practices like mulching, Gana Jeeva Ruthram, and intercropping, everything is useful and every drop of rain is harvested. That's what she thinks. Side note. Ganajivaruthrum, which is a solid form of biological fertilizer made with cow dung, jaggery, which is sugarcane-derived sugar, besan, which is gram flour, followed by a 48-hour fermentation process to grow the right symbiotic bacteria. It is applied to the land when it is separated and prepped for cultivation before the seeds are sown. Bejamruthrum is made of cow dung, cow urine, topsoil, limestone or lime, water, and incubated for 24 hours, followed by the spread of the mixture on seeds, drying them, and then sowing. The mixture is also used to treat vegetable root saplings to protect them from rotting. It essentially prevents the outgrowth of harmful plant pathogens. You can google both types and see their different preparations and uses.
2: Right. Okay, so it's the diversity. It's not it's not ever having one big crop. It's the having a diversity of uh, things together. Yeah,
1: diversification has helped in, you know, additional income in a way, and that has, you know, brought back uh, you know beneficial insects more earthworms thriving
2: yeah so it's so, a it's, it's also helped e- yes. the plants helping each other essentially and all the other brought animals that help each other also
1: yes yes, all plants uh, each plant like maybe coexisting together being in right. a symbiotic relationship right, has, right and diversification has kind of uh, has helped in a very uh yeah
2: yeah, I guess it's returned it's returned the community kind of like the it's it's they are talking to each other and they're improving their relationships, you know the plants and animals are doing the same. the other question I had is a lot of times people think of the farming aspect in terms of just feeding people, but now I think people are realizing the ecology connection to the reason that we're faced with climate change and all of these like flooding and uh, disasters, right? The climate change and disasters are because of the loss of soil fertility and the weakness of the uh, the soil because of all of the like capitalism constantly depleting and taking away from the soil at a rate that's not sustainable. So how do they feel that natural farming can their role uh, in doing natural farming is not just you know to, to produce these grains and these plants but also as a as a way to resist these bigger disasters as a fight i guess for just even the safety of our planet you
1: know uh, 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 the rainfall mm-hmm. how much rainfall comes maybe sometimes you know it's a it might rain less, it might rain more, mm-hmm. but I'm able to take uh, uh, take a crop, uh, three crops in a year mm-hmm. by doing tackle farming practices, which in a way has helped, uh, you know, uh, fight uh, climate vagaries, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. natural farming. Mm-hmm. I have been able to achieve that after you know ten years of barren land. So, yeah, yeah, That is, she said that as that a very important point. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ushta uh-huh. says that you know, uh, irrespective of, I have a, I have a bore well, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't have an issue of water. What a problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: since I'm doing a diverse variety of crops and uh, especially during, uh, you know, uh, like a flood or uh, a drought or whatever, you know, during this climate may mm-hmm. That is uh, equal for everyone, you know, once it comes. But she feels natural farming, in natural farming there's only 20 to thirty percent. 30%, 30% you know loss maybe
2: mm-hmm. compared
1: to a person who's doing chemical farming mm-hmm. so though it's, it's it's it is the same for everyone but somewhere natural farming you know uh, has helped to fight that
2: yeah yeah it's helped feed people even and and be more resilient i guess
1: yeah it has helped in resilience and you know regeneration and then, when you see that comparable it means it, that has definitely helped me you know and uh yeah So that change was good like going from you know going to you know doing natural farming was good for me
2: okay Okay. Got it. Okay. Got it. And based on all the time that they've spent growing different grains and plants, um, and even if, if it's plants that they haven't grown, I guess, um, just, just based on their relationship to the land, uh, what is their favorite, uh, Plant or crop or grain or even like a bird or insect that pollinator, for example, that would live on their farm and why?
1: Okay. Vandubhavaru, um, uh, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Aisha. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay, says he
3: has a neem tree. Okay. He feels that, you know, he just wants to sleep under the neem tree because.
1: Uh, the is good. The breeze is good. Uh, you know, she always feels that. And the, her favorite uh, animal is rabbit. She sees rabbits around her field, you mm-hmm. know, in her field. Mm-hmm. So she feels she, she thinks, you know, uh, she says rabbit is her favorite. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Usha says that uh, butterfly is. Her, favorite pollinator. Okay. She loves govas. She likes govas. She does have govas in her orchard as well. Oh, wow, okay. And she just wants to be in her land or just walk on the soil.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that
1: gives her, uh, you know, a lot of solace. She finds it very nice to just be
2: there in her field. I guess last two questions. Uh, One, what are the main biggest lessons they feel they've learned doing this in the last couple of years like as the pandemic happened and we saw that how big these issues are in the world and and what are the lessons that they got from their natural farming methods during that time? And then the second question is, if we could, if people could support them in any capacity, support their work, learn more about their work, um, and so even support them from afar, how would they be able to do that?
1: Uh, I didn't get the second support their work?
2: Yeah, if they want to even support like the, their their personal work, if they're entrepreneurs, Um, be able to support the communities that they're involved in and learn more from them? How would that be? Yeah. Uh,
1: COVID, uh, what's in a time low? So Usha says that uh, uh, that, uh, even during COVID time, Mm -hmm. because they were doing uh, natural farming, and she's an entrepreneur as well, she has done door delivery of... You know, taken some kind of permit mm-hmm. from the horticulture department and that yeah. do delivery of pulses, oil, millet, jiva with him, jiva with them and all of that. Yeah. And uh, actually speaking she didn't taste like losses. And uh, they made something called like this junk cake kind of a thing. You can burn it. So there's a very nice well, you know, like a mosquito it acts as a mosquito repellent. So okay. that also uh sold like hot cake during mm-hmm. that time. He's mm-hmm. think from that point of view. And uh, she's saying, you know, if there's some kind of financial support and uh, certification, because uh, people from outside of different state, uh, outside of the state, like maybe in Telangana, other states, always ask for uh, certification. So if that could be worked out, trans, uh, finance, uh, finance, and you know, t- uh, certification and some kind of you know, uh, transportation you know, better transportation arrangement, he send her products. Okay. That could uh, help help her, you know, reach different heights or uh, could help everybody's livelihood. Yeah. Because she employs two women as well mm-hmm. for a shop for the entire enterprise. Mm-hmm. Vandurama says that, you know, during COVID, uh, actually speaking after, when I th- after the natural coming, I think COVID didn't affect me much. We're still going to villages, talking to villages, building connection engaging yeah. with other women yeah. and after talking to PM Modi you know uh, she got calls continuously and and she actually sent a uh, to different states 24 states because other people got to know about her and she sent really? her sent her over Sent seeds what she saved her own seeds to other states as well. Yeah. So actually, you know, that didn't much affect, you know, uh, why, because of maybe I was just doing, I was doing my natural farming and everything, you know, uh, made on the land, you know, I didn't really have to go to the market or wait to get
2: to get it from there. Then yeah, what, So you, yeah, she was so, more self-sufficient and was able to take whatever was yes, on the land and, and it, use it.
1: Okay.
2: And in terms of the second part, did she say anything? Yeah, I'm doing so putting. Oh, I'm supporting. you know,
1: if there is a vehicle, you know, means it is much easier for me. To yeah, do so this.
2: transport basically.
1: Because yeah, transportation. <laughs> because now I maybe take a bus, and I just walk or yeah, Whatever, I mean, it know, seems it seems like days.
2: it seems like both of them <laughs> say the transportation thing. Actually,
1: <laughs> but uh, I think uh, for Usha, more you know supply uh, side, supplying stuff. Supplying I see. And, uh, I see. Yeah, it's being able bondage, to supply yeah. all the
2: farmers. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you to both of them. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much, madam. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys.